0: I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, into the new year, a little bit of mystery. A boy, a horse, a mole, a fox. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy. And this is episode 458, A Mystery. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. Happy 2022, everyone. Somewhere along the way, the year ended and the new one started. And I don't know where all the days went. Maybe you feel that way too at this particular time of year, this transition that has so much potential for buildup and philosophy and mindfulness and reflection. And yet sometimes you look back and you think, wait, 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 I missed the bus. I missed the bus or I missed the coffee shop time, the time to sit around the table and really just make everything stop so that I could do these things. I don't know where the days went. I didn't get my breaks done while I had someone who could drive me home from the dealership. And that had been one of my sort of big things to do. There were other things that I could really have used that extra driver for. I didn't schedule things that I keep putting off. At the beginning of the December stretch, it seems like there will be so much time. You know, boo koodles of time. And then the time whittles away. Maybe it looks like a little bonsai in the end if you're lucky, or maybe it's just a pile of chippings and shavings. This little pile that shows you that time past and the lingering smell of cinnamon and oatmeal. Now, in the aftermath, the house empty comparatively, routines back in swing, I keep wondering where all those days went. Partly, I know, because there was a list. And I think everything but one thing got checked off of the visit list. Uh, Well, maybe a few of the movies didn't get watched, but only one of the go-do-this things, I think, didn't happen. And there was a series of selfies with my mom through the days. Taking those was a good anchor for the days, a good way to stop and say, here we are, here we are. The days though were mostly low key. That is kind of how I like it, but there was an attempt at a thrift store. There was an antique store, a light display in the park, a vintage jewelry tree finally started, which I love. An amazing house decorated with gnomes, an embroidery project started for the new year, some knitting, a bit of flannel shirt stuff, a few recipes explored, within limits, of course, because we are both on a weight loss journey, a visit to the Japanese tea garden in the rain, lots of holiday movies, booster shots, lots of rain some shared reading, lots of damp and cold weather. The weeks slid away. In those weeks, many things, many other things didn't happen. I don't know that the weeks themselves had anything to do with it though, really. I think it's me. I think and I wonder if I'm just not focused enough anymore. Or if the mindset was just so stretched that I just couldn't settle this time around. A lot of things, a lot of things. We all have a lot of things that weigh on us and demand part of our energy or keep us in a suspended state of this or that in our heads. But I didn't wrap up the year as fully as I would have liked. I don't feel like I said my goodbyes as fully as I would like. I don't feel like I took my reflective look or even held up a mental mirror to see what projects might be so shiny and colorful and full of life and so uh, personally ah uh, that they bounce into the future. Those carryovers. Now the carryovers just went ahead and carried over, but it wasn't like I got to take that minute where I said, yes, where I said, yes, where I said, yes. Yeah. don't think I realized until just now that's part of it. I didn't get that moment where I said yes to this or that. And I still walk around like a dictionary, flapping in the wind, repeating a few words as I struggle to settle on the right one for this year. Think it is a matter of settling this year. And that's not my favorite way to do this or to think about it. Don't really like to settle. Sometimes I've had an uneasy acceptance of my words, but settling is a bit different. A few words, they seem apt enough and okay enough, and I keep trying them out and feeling how they play out for me. Nothing so far has wrapped itself around me and refused to let go, which yes, that's kind of what I'm looking for. The year feels like it has two parts, and that is making it a struggle for me. trying to find the right word that will help me weave story and perspective through both halves. And the right word for me, in terms of how I feel right now, or how I have felt in the months leading up to right now. And I know, as is often the case, you don't always like or really want the words that keep coming up. Sometimes I embrace that, and I always encourage people to allow the space for that. That might be the reality for you in any given year that the word you most need and the word that most won't let go isn't really a word you want. It might even be a word you resist, but it might be the perfect word. So I haven't quite found that. None of the words that I'm toying with feel like an overly big challenge, not something that I am really struggling just to accept, but I'm just trying to find what will give me the right feel. What will give me the kind of feel that I've had in the words where I have most enjoyed having a word. Sometimes I'm just tempted to chuck the words and choose a word of whimsy, something to completely deflect and at the same time contextualize the year in a different way. I'm not sure I need a word or want a word that's going to be instructive in some ways. So I am thinking about that. Just obliquely though, I just, I walk around, throw these words out because I do quotes every day with something that I write up. I have played around, looked around, trying to find what word will also lead me to words that will give me this really resonant feeling. So we'll see. So I hope you had a good holiday season and a happy new year. I hope you are off to a good start and that it feels positive that things feel okay. I hope you are healthy. I really hope you are healthy. Whether you are someone I am in touch with or someone I used to know, or just someone who listens and I don't know that you are there. I hope you are healthy. I know even in my small social spaces that I've seen plenty of indicators that many have been sick. I wish all of you peace and good health. I hope you're finding ways to stay balanced in the middle of however everything is making you feel. I hope your art helps you with that. I hope you have friends and family that help with that too. And if you don't, I hope you are proactive proactive again and again and again. I encourage you to be proactive. And again and again and again, when I fall down and feel most, most lost, I realize I have to be proactive. You have to do it for yourself. But I hope maybe you are someone who also has friends who can help. I hope your journals have started off strong for the new year. And if you say, what journal? then I hope you go and grab a composition notebook today. You've probably got one on a shelf somewhere or something similar. You can grab an old half-used notebook of any sort, tear out the pages that no longer have any use, and go from there. I hope you write down something that happened today, something you saw, or something you heard, or draw something. It's fine if you just put your to-do list there and Maybe you doodle in the margin or you make whatever notes on that page for this day. What time did you get up? What was the weather? How many cups of coffee did you drink or what tea? Did you do your planks? Did you burn this or that when you tried to cook something? Did you hear from this person or that? What'd you read? What'd you listen to? What did you wish you had done? What did you see? What did you wear? Anything, anything. Anything doesn't need to be all of those things. It can be anything. You may find your own approach to bullet journaling even evolves in this kind of space. And you may find that you draw snippets of this or that, a selfie now and then. That kind of page does not feel intimidating. It should not feel intimidating. It is your space. It is your journal. It should be for you. Do not approach every single thing you decide to record. With social media in mind, with what other people will think, with how other people will perceive how you wrote your note, what you admitted, what you didn't say, what you did, what you did in your day. It's for you. It's for you. So maybe you draw these things. Maybe you do a selfie now and then or a portrait from the museum app or a weekly hashtag whimsy and wonder art club pick or something else that inspires you, one of the countless prompt sets and challenges out there month to month. You can do anything. And once you start doing that, a few notes here, a little sketch there, you are on your way to your very own illustrated journal habit. Illustrated journals do not have to follow anyone else's rules. They do not have to follow anyone else's rules. I think as I say that, and as I repeat it, because I should say it five times so that you really hear it. So that if you tuned out to blink this way or that, or grab your tea or your coffee pot just made a noise, or your dog made a noise, or your kids made a noise, or the doorbell rang, or you just stopped to breathe, or you coughed, you missed it. Illustrated journals don't have to follow anyone else's rules. And I think probably I should just Come back and do a whole show. I think I should just do all my shows about this. I really do. I really do. I just don't like it that everyone thinks that someone else has the key and the answer. We're all just doing what we do. You do you. Your illustrated journal doesn't have to follow anyone else's rules. I've used squares. I started using circles during the 100 day project last year and other people I knew were also already using circles. And I thought, Oh, that looks really cool. And I didn't at the time like circles. So I thought, let me try some circles. Well, I did like circles, but just to fill in. So I thought, let me try some circles for my actual journaling. Now I use both. I use circles and I use squares. I find containers helpful for filling in little details or drawings And that's partly because I have such a graphic novel sensibility and aesthetic. It is what I love, even if it doesn't always look like what I'm doing. Sometimes I go without containers and just let things overlap and coexist and flow in a different way. Those pages work too. Most often, whatever happens, happens just based on how I feel, how the day is going, how the week is going, how behind I might be, how much energy I might have. So many times I fall asleep in this process and look the next day to find all these stray lines. Your illustrated journal is really a space for you. Please, especially if you are just starting or if you're trying to return to any kind of journaling habit, approach it for you. Approach it for you, not for whoever else might be looking with some critical lens. Wanting someone else to look and sort of know you and reach out in that way, that's a very different thing. But don't try to record in a way just because you think others will critique how you did it. You can do things one way today and completely different tomorrow. So that's my mini soapbox pitch right there. Just a little one, because that's not really what today's show is about. But obviously, once I start, then I just cannot stop. So as the year ended, it was as always amazing and inspiring to see people showing their journals from the year, especially those who did 365 projects or daily journals all in one journal where it's just one journal for the whole year. That's just so amazing to me. I always think, well, I don't know that I can limit myself to the one page and then I get kind of all lost and out of focus in my head because I don't like to have multiples going. So, and I know most of you do, it's okay. It is okay. Do your own thing. But whether they were Hobonichis or Moleskines or some other kinds of journals, those 365s are super cool. Over the year, they almost always puff up and expand. They bulge. They are proof of life lived, of days that have passed. Of a creative life. In some photos, you the perspective is usually lost in terms of size and scale. And sometimes you see those, and honestly, they look like some gigantic Oxford dictionary or something. Some huge dictionary you might find in a library up on a pedestal. They are amazing. They are amazing. And if you did one of those, congratulations. And if you missed a day here or there, it's okay. It's okay. Allow yourself grace. Allow yourself grace in whatever your project is. I'm always torn wanting to keep a daily like that, but I rolled on into 2022, just keeping on, keeping on. I do plan to post the hashtag illustrate your week prompts. I guess what I finally decided is as long as I'm using them myself, I'll keep trying to share them just in case anyone else wants to join in. It's what I'm doing And a couple people, they jump in and out and sometimes do it too. And I think that's fantastic. So what this show is really about is a little bit of a mystery, a little bit of magic, a little bit of whimsy and wonder, all those things that I hold most dear, all those things that when you let yourself appreciate those moments, they just help offset other things. And Sometimes they do feel really mystical in some way, really magical. Even if you can easily find out the answers, sometimes letting yourself appreciate the unknown is really powerful. I think a lot of times I say a lot of things and people think it means I just don't know the answers or how to find the answers. And that really usually isn't it. So today a little story about a book. And it strikes me that a few of the books that get mentioned here in what I'm going to talk about are books that jumped into my head when I thought through my notes for today. They're books of memory, not books that I've held or read recently, these other books that I mentioned, but they came up in thinking about this book. And so they might not be quite as perfect as I think, Quite as fitting, but they came up. So if you are a connoisseur of one or the other of these other books, and you think, no, 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 then that's okay. It's really about the one book. Sometimes a little magic arrives and you don't want to really solve the magic. You don't want to see that there is someone behind the curtain or that there is a fake door or false panel, or that the quarter has two heads. You just want to accept that there is magic, that in this world, there is the possibility for magic, for moments of serendipity, for coincidence, for random acts of kindness. In these days, a package arrived. And generally, packages arrive with a note saying who they are from, or an email follows right in the same timeframe that says, hey, by the way, unexpected packages unexpected packages. They really aren't all that common. I think there were maybe three last year and all of those contained a note to explain the treasure within. So when a package arrived a few weeks ago and I opened it up, I was puzzled to be holding a book. A book that I didn't order. There was no note, no shipping notice, no nothing, no explanation, but I could tell the book was magic. Something about it was magic. Just holding it, it. Just something about the format, the spine, the color of the book, the size, just everything. Something was magic. I looked at the title, at the illustration on the front. I flipped the pages just enough to see what it was because I thought, hmm, how did I end up with this? Who sent me this? Who thought this is the book that I needed to hold? I looked through it just enough to see that it was an illustrated story, and I set the book aside. Somehow, I knew that I needed to read it in the right moment. And I thought, well, somebody will also reach out and say, hey, I sent you a book. There was such mystery to the arrival. This unknown book, a book I'd never heard of, a decadent mystery, one to savor. And you're thinking, well, wasn't there a return address? It it came from Amazon, Amazon didn't have any notes. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. No word reached me in the days after to fill me in. I thought a time or two that I should mention the book in a social media post, a small nod to let whoever sent it know it had arrived. But I kept holding back, waiting to read it. I didn't want to, didn't really want to ruin this aura of mystery the book somehow was holding like I could look across and there were these invisible, right? Invisible little, this halo around it or these little sparks shooting from it. Okay. I'm exaggerating a bit, but you know what I mean? There was just something tantalizing about it. I didn't really necessarily need to sort it out, figure it out. I didn't need to remove the veil of it. So then on a hard day, a day when I was feeling particularly broken, I opened This book. The book is The Boy, the Mole, The Fox, and the Horse by Charlie McAsee. I do not know if that is correct. Charlie McAsee. And I was swept away. I still don't completely know how I didn't know about this book, although Once your children are grown, I think it's really easy to miss out on lots of kinds of books that you might be more aware of. When your children are younger, this is not really a kid's book, but it's kind of a life book that might fall in that space. I didn't know about the book. I didn't know about the artist. I've been letting the mystery simmer just a bit, still not wanting to shine daylight on the soft experience of my first reading. Anyway, this is a book you should read. This is a tiny book of magic, of friendship, of acceptance, of kindness. I've never been a real Pooh fan, although we did decoupage two, two floor to ceiling. Yes, floor to ceiling bookcases in pages torn from Winnie the Pooh books when I was first pregnant. Two of them, two floor to ceiling. I think about that now and I think, oh, wow, I did do that. I had forgotten we did that. I can't even put myself back in the moment of deciding that, but the entire interior of the shelves, the sides and the backs, they're decoupaged in pages from Pooh. But I've never been a huge Pooh fan. I don't think I grew up reading Pooh and my kids didn't actually read Pooh either. But this book brings Pooh and friends to mind. Maybe it's in the line of it, I can imagine that some people might find similarities, loose ones. Maybe it's sort of in this small cast of characters. The narrative here in this book is very slight. It's not at all the same kind of thing. It reminds me maybe of reading The Giving Tree, although I didn't go pull it off a shelf to see why that came to mind for me. Or maybe The Little Prince, maybe even some of Peter Reynolds' books. It's different than all of those, though it is its own thing. Something about this book reached out and grabbed me. The line of the illustration is gorgeous. It's simple and fluid and gestural. And you look at it and you wonder how those few lines make a boy or a horse or a fox. How much poignant expression is shown in these lines i just it's really beautiful and the lettering it's fluid it's very thick and thin it's beautifully inked it's just so rich this lettering that you just want to reach out and touch it there is some color in the book too it's gorgeous there are trees sitting on logs or in branches there is a quiet in this book that pulls you in. The introduction I thought was brilliant. I love the voice of this writer. The way he spoke right to the reader in a way that immediately draws you in and sets the stage for what is to come is so well done. In describing the characters, he says, quote, the boy is lonely when the mole first surfaces. They spend time together gazing into the wild. I think the wild is a bit like life frightening sometimes, but beautiful. In their wandering, they meet the fox. It's never going to be easy meeting a fox if you're a mole. The boy is full of questions. The mole is greedy for cake. The fox is mainly silent because he's been hurt by life. The horse is the biggest thing they have ever encountered, and also the gentlest. And the author tells us that maybe we see ourselves in each of these characters. As the story begins, there is something hypnotic about it for me. I still wonder if others feel the same when flipping through these pages, or if it was something just about this whole moment, the mystery and the aura, and then the reading on the day that I read it. I don't know. You can open the book anywhere. I read it straight through, and I appreciate the way it grows as they meet one another. theory about cake. It's delightful. It's charming. It's just sweetly presented. It's a surprise in its own way. One of our greatest freedoms is how we react to things, says one page. And another, imagine how we would be if we were less afraid. This is a book about friendship, about kindness, about being true, being accepted, being loving. It is a book about being kind to yourself, too. It is a book about coming home, about meaning, about life. It is a book with a flying horse, with a tea stain, with cake. It is a book that is gentle and quiet and seems to offer the secret to life. I can't imagine the same book with just the boy. The same book with just one of these characters. This journey is better with a few. And if you go back and think about what he says about seeing yourself in all of these characters, then you take it another direction as well. But it wouldn't work with just one. And that's where I'm stuck in my own thoughts as I stare into the wild. But I really appreciated the story of the four and how they interact and how they supported one another. But I loved the book. It was a tough day. And it was a magical reading. It was magical reading it. It was just right in ways I could not have expected or planned. I could not have prepared that. I just happened to pick it up in that moment. I cried in so many places as the words reached out and wrapped themselves around me the fears, the hurts, the wishes, the loneliness. I reread it sitting in the parking lot at the ocean in preparing my notes, and I didn't cry that time, but I smiled. The book charms me. I smiled at certain moments. I smiled at the cake. I felt the wisdom of the horse. I felt the boy's fear. I held on to the idea of the journey to home. To the person who sent the book, thank you. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for episode 458. I don't know what 2022 has in store for all of us or for the CMP, someone else, (laughs) someone else decided that the show must go on. And so here I am, tried something new, I told my story, I feel good telling my story. I can't help it. I like to tell a story. I like to just tell a story. I am sitting here in my dress, day 76 out of my 100, project I never would have thought I would do and that I'm so glad that I have done. So I have more things to talk about. I have started things, started lots of things. I have done some looking not a whole lot, but I looked at what my goals had been last year. And one of the things, because I'm not going to talk about goals today, but one of the things that I did last year, partly after watching someone's video, but when I was making goals and, and I believe in having some quantitative things, things I can actually shoot for. And when I was making those goals, one of the questions I asked myself for each one is, how will I feel if I don't make it, if it doesn't happen? Because that has a lot to do with how you should approach goal setting. And in some cases, it really matters to you. Or in some cases, you're setting a goal that is something you really don't think you will reach, and you'll be okay if you don't. And in some cases, it's a goal that you probably could reach and probably should reach, but what will happen if you don't? And so I answered that question for myself. I really thought that through last year. And I think that was really good and really helpful. Maybe it gave me license to do less of certain things and know that I would be okay. But I have done just a little bit of looking. And I have a whole bunch of things that I've started for 2022. Always too many things. They don't seem like that many things, but they just all add up. Even all the little things I do with the CMP. They're all things. Every single one of them. I am really excited about reading a book with others of you. I am reading in this group and really excited about the first book, which is the Authenticity Project. It is a fiction book. I say that every time because the title makes it sound like it might be a self-help book of its own, and it's not. It is fiction, and I am enjoying it. I didn't have expectations. I just saw it mentioned and thought, I want to read that. And that is the book that last fall I saw and thought, I'd like to read this with other people. So I've been doing a lot of thinking about that whole concept. And some of you know, I have talked a lot about wishing I had a small kind of life group. So something about this book is really checking off some boxes for me just in terms of a good read. So I'm enjoying it. If you're interested in just reading along and knowing other people are reading something, Authenticity Project. I'll link it in the show notes. And those of you who are in the Facebook group, there will be some kind of discussion. As always, I'm Amy. I'm here. Let me know how this sounded. Let me know how this sounded. And thank you for listening. And one more quick note I appreciate always when I hear from any of you. I am very much a real person, just a real person with quite honestly, very few smoke and mirrors happening. I'm a real person. Thank you to the person who emailed me about the golden egg. Thank you. So I'm Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The website still has a lot of issues. It has like zero navigation now. So many things broke that I just can't fix right now. But the show notes are there. You can find them. And I am basically wiping out the newsletter database because I haven't been sending it. So lots of people who signed up long, long ago don't want it now. So I need to just start over. So if you are interested, sign up. And if it tells you you're already signed up, then go ahead and click through to edit. Just check off one of the boxes of interests. And that will at least help me rekindle somehow a new list. And I am hoping to use that list in a few ways, but don't worry. I'm not the email you 29 times a week person, so that won't happen. But I am trying to clean things out and start something. I wanted to do this partly because of the drawing group, which I would like to have more people involved in so that there are more people who might want to draw every now and again I'm going to, I think, unsubscribe everybody. Haven't quite done that yet. So if you see, oh, you've already subscribed, just go ahead and edit and then you can pick, just indicate if you're interested in the podcast or anything else. That's a long-winded explanation. I'm sorry. The music I play on the show is courtesy of Nikolai Hydless. You can find me at Instagram as ohamyoamy and the illustrate your week prompts are at Creativity Matters Podcast. Thank you to those of you who support the show by listening. If you've listened to this far, thank you. You have my sincere gratitude and appreciation for listening. And thank you to those of you who support the show in other ways, including Kofi or unexpected deliveries. Thank you. Thank you to those of you at Patreon. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone. I'm pretty sure cake has been a secret word in the past. We should tuck it in here. We should say cake again from that book. We should say cake.